All right, we're in a series entitled Baggage. Amen. And so um, we've, we've, we've been blessed by this series so far. And so I hope that you all are still listening to the message, even though Breakthrough Month is over. Amen. Still listen. Still listen. Amen. So, um, you know, you get to listen to the word again. It, it changes you. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. We're going back to Ephesians chapter 4. told you I'm going to be here for a couple weeks. There's a lot of powerful pieces in here. Amen. And so Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Amen. Let's get after it. Amen. All right. If you stand for the reading of God's word, it says, And put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God. Amen. In the likeness of God has been created in what? Righteousness and holiness and truth. Let me back up. I messed up. Verse 23. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness and the truth. Amen. I want to talk about this morning letting go of your emotional strongholds. Part four. Amen. Amen. We've been in a series um, entitled Baggage. And we've been talking about how to let go of our baggage. I told you that life, amen, will give you what? baggage. Amen. I mean, doesn't matter how long you live, you remind yourself that you still have a choice whether or not to pack the baggage or release the baggage. Are you with me? And so far I told you uh, that we have to release our labels. That's one of the baggages I dealt with. Labels that people put on you. Labels you put on yourselves. I told you that it's important that you let go of your scars. Some of us are walking around with age-old scars. We can't reboot. We can't restart. We can't, uh, amen, relocate because every time we try, come on, help me somebody, the scars are there. I told you. And I've been dealing with for four weeks now about emotional baggage. Amen. Our emotions matter. And some of us are a little bit more emotional than others. And you wonder where did it all come from? Why do I respond the way I do? Now remember, emotional baggage is not you crying all the time. Emotional baggage may you being angry all the time. Amen. Maybe you feeling depressed all the time, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And so I don't believe that God saved us. Hello. Hallelujah. For us to live on an emotional roller coaster. I don't believe that God hung, bled and died on Calvary's cross for us. Amen. To live such an inconsistent life when it comes down to our emotions. But emotions play a part in how you move, in how you operate, in how you live. 
Amen. You take a person who's down all the time. Amen. They, they lose all motivation to get up and do something with their lives because their emotions has them on a roller coaster. But what I found out is this. If you can identify your stronghold, Lord of mercy. If you can identify your stronghold, what is a stronghold? I told you a stronghold is a castle. It's a place where you hide the things that you don't want to deal with. Come on, somebody. A stronghold didn't just happen overnight. As a matter of fact, when you gave the invitation, the stronghold came in. And the stronghold now has taken you captive to your own self. Can you imagine being captive to your own self? To your own emotions? Amen. That's why if I don't feel it, I don't go. Come on, somebody. If I don't feel it, I ain't getting up and doing anything. And we based our lives strictly on what we feel. But your feelings can play tricks on you. You see what I'm saying? See, you may say, well, the choir didn't sing so good today. But it, that's about a feeling. If you were to listen to the substance of the words, you realize it's bigger than your feelings. But can I say this to you? Your, our, emotion, our emotions must come under, write this down somewhere, under the control of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian. That's only if, and it is true. Amen. If you're a Christian, your emotions must come under the control of the Holy Spirit. I'm getting ready to start a new series entitled Juicy Fruit. Amen. Learning about your spiritual gifts. Amen. And how to how to how to how to access the fruits of the spirit, right? But our emotional baggage may be ah, you ready for this? Our, mo our, our emotions must come under. I'm going to help somebody today. Watch this. Our emotions must come under the control of the Holy Spirit. But can I tell you something about your emotional baggage? Your emotional baggage may be under demonic influence. You hear what I said? Are you hearing me? Is the mic on? Check this out. Your emotional baggage may be under demonic influence, watch this, brought on by exposure to things that are not compatible to your new life. I'm talking about going to places you, ain't, you used to go. I'm talking about doing things that you used to do. But now in the new life, you're doing it again. Why? Because you think, you believe that you're strong enough now to handle it. You can't be demon-possessed as a believer, but you can be under demonic influence. Why do you think you cry so much as a believer? Why do you think you break down so much? It's demonic. And it's because you and I may have been exposed or have exposed ourselves again to the things that God has delivered you from. Do I have a witness? Amen. And so what Paul was trying to do here, he was trying to help this church because there were people in this church just like you and I. 
they were Jews who thought they were better than others. <laughs> and they were the Gentiles who think they had to work extra hard to be saved. Can I tell you something? Once you're saved, you're always saved. When you open your mouth and you confess with your heart, Jesus Christ, that's it. The deal is done. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You don't have to try to be better than anybody. You are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But see, inside every church, there's a spirit. Lord have mercy. Inside every person, amen, there is some form of baggage that they're carrying around. And here's who knows all about your baggage. Satan knows all about it. What he does is he plays on your emotions. Are you following me? Amen. And so what Paul was dealing with in this church was division, a spirit of division, a spirit of diversity. Come on, somebody. A spirit of dissension. Amen. But Paul was trying to move them from all of this to doctrine and then duty. In other words, he was saying, y'all, I get it, but it's time for y'all to grow up. It's time for you to understand that Christ didn't die on that cross so that you can keep repeating. Come on, somebody. The same cycle over and over again. How many believe this? That if any man be in Christ, how many believe you're a new creature? How many believe that all things the labels, come on somebody. You let go of those labels. You let go of those scars and you realize that in Christ you are somebody different. But don't measure it by what people say or what people think. Measure it according to the word of God. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, last week we talked about verse 17 and we, we said that, listen, he says, so I say and affirm together with the Lord that you no longer what? You no longer what? Walk, you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walked in the futility of their mind. Being what? Darkened in their understanding. Excluded from what? The life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. There's a lot going on right here. In other words, he's saying stop living like the people who you used to be like. See, a lot of us want to change, but we want to live like the old person. But you have the power within you by way of the Holy Spirit. This ain't no the force be with us. No, you have the Holy Spirit in you that can transform you to live a different life. It's about a choice. Are you following me? It's a what? Right. So every time I get up and I fall back down, I got to realize that I made that choice. No, the devil didn't make me do it. Come on, somebody. I wanted to do it. I wanted to get, you know, let me get, let me move on. But check out verse 20. I told you verse 20 is key because watch what he says. He says, uh, when you entered the school of Christ. Remember I said that last week? He said, you didn't learn Christ like this. 
See, here's what I'm saying, saints. The reason why some of us are still the same is because we were exposed to bad teaching. We've, we were exposed to a teaching that told us that if I shubba dubba dubba, or if I name it and claim it, amen, if I wish it, it'll come to pass. If I fall on the ground when you put your hand on my head, then guess what? When I get back up, my life has changed. Nah. He said, you didn't learn Christ that way. He says, if you want to learn about Christ, you got to open the book. And you got to see inside of this book, watch this, that everything you need in life for godliness and life is found in the word of God. Now here's the thing, I don't mind praying for you. But at some point, you got to get up and do something for yourself. At some point, amen, you got to stand on your own two feet. At some point, you got to say, is what I'm learning changing me? Are you with me? You ever notice how many you took the breakthrough challenge this, this, this month? Watch this. You ever notice that when you started really listening? Oh, come on, help me. I, I got, yeah, no, no. How many when you really started listening? And then you really start applying. What start happening to you? You start seeing a change, right? See, and that's where the key is. The key is this, that when you hear the word, you don't just tuck it away. You got to put it into practice. He said, listen, uh, you didn't learn Christ like that. Verse 21. He says, if indeed you heard him and have been what? Taught what? In him, just as truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, he says that in reference, let me help somebody, to what? Now, this makes a lot of sense based on what I'm dealing with. That in reference to your what? Stop using your old life as a reference point. Stop using, oh, we used to, man, we used to be, you know, we used to. Listen, look forward. See, your old life can't help your new condition. Your old life can't help the new you. So Paul is trying to get this church to understand that something new in you, that you are different. Watch this. You could take a person, take them, put new clothes on them, wash them up, clean them up. Watch this. Give them, give them a pocket full of money, but bring them right back to the old life. And what do you think is going to happen? Before, you, before long, the clothes is at the, yeah, the money is gone and they end up being the same. And, but he says, not so with the Christian life. You see, when I found Jesus, Hallelujah to his holy name. See, I was stuck in the same gear. Stupid. <laughs> Amen. You know why I say that? The Bible calls them stupid because watch this. Because I kept doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again expecting what? What do you call that? Stupid. Oh, let me cutify the word stupidity. <laughs> Look what he says. 
He says, look, he says in reference to your former life, lay aside, right? Lay aside the old self. See? You know, you know what's amazing about this, this verse? The fact that he says in reference, to, in reference to your former life, you lay aside your old self, you have to have something in you for you to recognize the old self. What does that mean? That means you have to be saved in order to recognize that the old you ain't about nothing. Can I ask you a question? How far did the old you bring you? Huh? Let me ask this question. If, if, if the old you have brought you to that point, why do you keep walking like the old you? Is that deep? Watch this. Watch this. Watch the text. He says that, he says in verse 23, no, I'm sorry, he says the rest of that, he says, lay aside the old self, which is being what? Corrupting and corrupted in accordance to the lust of deceit. Verse 23. Now we get to verse 23, right? That in reference, I'm sorry, and that you what? You renew, you be what? Renewed in the spirit of, stay right, no, not yet. Let's start looking at this. And I said, man, there's something here. I said, okay, he says that you be renewed. I'm saying, what does it mean, renewed? That you be renewed. Amen. It, 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 it has the idea of something spiritual here. All right? But watch this, though. Watch this, though. Oh, man, that's going to help somebody. We can't change, okay? And we can't let go of these emotional things that we deal with unless this changes. And so if I were to give you a point, I would say this. The first thing you got to do, here's the first thing you got to do. First thing you got to do. You got to renew. Watch, watch this. Though. Watch, watch this key word. It's a key word right here. See, before you didn't have the capacity to have a spiritual mind. Because you weren't saved. But now that you have the capacity to understand both the spiritual and the unspiritual. Come on somebody. The saved and unsaved. He says watch this. This is why I said it may be demonic earlier. Because the spirit of the mind is the focus here. He says that you what? That you be renewed in the spirit of what? Your mind. So what do I have to do to renew my mind spiritually, pastor? You have to meditate on the word of God. You have to do what you were doing through breakthrough. My, listen, you ain't going to learn nothing here in 35 minutes, okay? And I preach for 35 minutes every week, okay? Sometimes I go just a little bit. But, um, but, but here's the thing. Here's what I'm trying to say, okay? I'm saying you ain't going to get this. You got to go back and listen to it again and again and again. And your mind is renewing. And your mind is renewing. And all of a sudden when the devil's trying to come and pull you out, you're like, uh-uh, I got something for you. So in order for you to release and let go of your emotional stronghold, you have to renew your spiritual mind. Can I ask you a question? How mature is your spirit? See, see, here's the thing, saints. The problem with most of us, 
as believers, we come to church for an experience. We don't come to church to grow. We have to come to get the word so we can grow and we can develop and we can become better. And as we are examining our thoughts, watch this. Everything that comes through my mind, I put a filter on it. Seriously, like I'd be like, man, uh-uh, that don't even, that don't even sound right. That's, I put a filter on it. You know, how, you know how I put a filter on it? The Bible says, take every thought to the obedience of Christ. In other words, if it don't go through the Jesus detector, then it don't belong there. You see, watch this, watch this, watch what he says. He says, now I want you to do this. Watch why I told you it's demonic, watch this. He says that you, you renew the spirit of your what? Mind. Now let me tell you what the word mind means in the Greek. The word there means understanding. But watch this, you ready for this? You ready for this? The word for mind also means in the Greek, it is the seat of your emotion. Lord have mercy, which is in tandem to your heart. So in other words, my strongholds are really in my mind and in my heart. In other words, what he's saying, watch this, it's where you're thinking, it's where you're feeling, it's where everything happens inside of you is right here. And so what would, I, what would I tell you to do next? Not only do I want you to renew your spiritual mind daily, but the next thing you want to do is this. Release the word. Release the word. Release the word on your mind. In other words, meditate day and night. Listen. Read. Study. Amen. You cannot get it. If you just want to get it when you want it. And it has to be something that's done consistently. Time after time. Day after day. Because your seat of your emotion is your mind. You ever thought about that? It's your heart. And until the word is released. How I many you know what the word is? It's living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow. And it's able to judge the what? The thoughts and the intentions of your heart. So therefore, if I'm going to release this emotional stronghold, I got to release the word on my mind. Lord, help me to release the word on my mind daily. Are you with me? Look what he says next. He says, now he says, he says in verse 24, he says, and put on what? The what? The new self. Now, it's interesting because you got to pay attention to this. He says, put on the new self, which is in the what? You know what I realize about some people? They don't know what it looks like because the problem is in the church. See, I can stand here and preach to you and live differently. How do you know it's in the likeness of God? 
It's based on each and every one of our testimonies to each other. See, what I'm struggling with, you may not be struggling with. But if you overcame what I overcame, come on, help me somebody. Then you can show me in the likeness of God because you've put on the new life. Listen, you got to make a choice. What's the next point? Give me the next point. You got to really do this. You got to really choose this new life. For real. Like you got to stop playing with this thing. Listen, new life that you're learning now. Watch this. You're learning that this new life is in the likeness of God. It, listen, 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 listen to this. Listen to this. He says it's in the likeness of God. It's not God. It's the likeness of God. It resembles what God does. And God, by way of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, will give us. Watch this. You have to be intentional and you have to make that decision that you really want. This life. If it doesn't look like something God would approve, then don't do it. I mean, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> if you can't do it in public, I'm saying one more time. If you can't do it in public, why are you doing it? It, watch this. If you feel suspicious about doing it, then that should give you a clue that the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you, boo, that ain't for you. <laughs> Amen. So you got to renew the spirit of what? Your spiritual mind daily. You have to release the word upon your mind. But the third thing you have to do is what? Really choose this life. He says, put on. You know what putting on means? It means you're taking something off and you're putting something. What we're trying to do is layer our lives. We're trying to be like chameleons. We switch with the situation. Rather than taking off. Listen, watch this. Someone's wondering why we keep going up and down. Because you're trying to put an old life, a new life over the old life. You're trying to put new wine. I wish I had somebody in new wine. That's what Jesus was talking about. You Listen, the difference is this. See, the old wine has gotten accustomed. Oh, I wish I had somebody to the pouch that it's in. In other words, it, it's, it's gone into all the, the crevices. And watch this. It's now what it's doing is preserving. But when you take new wine, I'm talking about that strong stuff, not that mad dog. Y'all don't know nothing about that mad dog. <laughs> Y'all know what, what, they, what they do, Boone's Farm and stuff. Y'all don't know nothing about Y'all ain't nothing know about that night train. Y'all don't know nothing about that night train. Come on and help me, somebody. Huh? Watch this. You take that new wine, you put it in there, you know what's going to happen? It's going to bust because it's so strong and so pure. Come on, somebody. And that's what Jesus is saying about this new life. Can I tell you something? You can have this new life. Let me ask this question. How many really want this life? Oh, just a few, y'all. Here's what you're thinking about this new life. I got to give up this. And I got to give up that. But let me tell you something about this new life. Ain't nothing you got to give up. It's what God will take from you. It's what God will give you the ability to let go of because you've chosen this life.
Are you with me? Look what he says, though. He says that uh, this new life, which is in the likeness of God, having been what? Created. Let me tell you about this life. This new life. It's been created by something greater. Do I have anybody? But, but check, check out what he says is created in. I'm almost done. I got nine minutes. Watch this. Yeah, man. He says righteousness. Now, I got to help somebody with something because you need to understand what righteousness really is. Now, believers receive imputed righteousness when they come to Christ. Imputed righteousness means ain't nothing you did. That's called justification. Then as you're living the Christian life, you have what's called practical righteousness, which comes from the Holy Spirit. That's called sanctification. Are you with me? You got justification. They want to write it down. You got Holy Spirit righteousness, which gives you what? Sanctification. But it's only when the struggle is complete will you receive Christ's righteousness, which is glorification. You don't receive that until you die. So between now and then, you have the power within you. Watch this now. Because positionally, you're righteous. You know why God keep fooling with us? Listen, ain't no, no person in this room righteous. But you are only righteous because you're in Christ. And when Christ sees you, he sees his righteousness. Now, here's where your part comes in. Living, watch this, and learning and leaning on the Holy Spirit. It's called sanctification. You know what that means? That means you're setting yourself apart to live this life. In other words, you're walking right. You're living right. Not based on your power, but based on the power that the Holy Spirit, watch this, is putting in you to live right. Are you with me? So what's that next point? Give me that next point. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. You emotionally up and down, but you always getting high. You emotionally up and down, but you always turning up. Pornography. Y'all, you caught up in pornography. You caught up in living a, a life in darkness, but you say you want this life. Come on, man. You want a therapist. You don't need a therapist. You just got to choose to live right. You have the Holy Spirit. Oh, boy, it got quiet, boy. I like when it get quiet, boy. Ooh, Lord. Ooh, Lord. Ooh, Jesus. Do you know why you're going to heaven? Not because of anything you did. Christ did that on the cross for you. But what kind of life are you going to live as a Christian? I mean, seriously, do you want to live right? How many want to live right? You can't live right if you ain't setting yourself apart. 
So you got to really, because listen, watch what he says. He says the new self was created in righteousness. So that means it's possible for you to live right. Come on, help me. I don't have to try to live right because the life I have now has already been created in righteousness. Oh, I'm going to preach to myself. Watch what he says next. He says what? Here go the word. Here go the word that we're going to run from. He says What's, what comes next? What comes next, y'all? What is it? Holiness. Oh, that word has gone out of church today. From the pulpit to the pew. To the parking lot. Gone. How many times you hear about holiness? And when you hear holy, you start running from it. <laughs> holy. You know why? Because God, when God saved us, all right, let me help y'all. Y'all ready? Lord Jesus. How many minutes I got? Got four minutes. Watch this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which you have from God. Now, I get it. I know some of you are struggling with certain things. All right, I get it. I understand it. But you got to remember, it ain't just drug, drugs, alcohol, and sex. It's overeating, lack of exercise. You just want to pop pills. You got to work out. You got to exercise. You got to live right. You got to watch what you watch on television. You got to watch what you expose yourself to. Holiness means that you're not walking around like the sin police, but you're looking at you and you're saying, man, that ain't for me. Now, that used to be for me. We live, in a, we live in a generation that's dope sick. Oh, I'm getting ready to preach on that. Next year come, because I'm getting ready for deliver. I'm, 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 I'm on purpose working on a revival for deliverance. Listen to me real good. So, so not only must I really live right, but what's the next thing I got to do? You got to tell that brother he got to wait. Till he put a ring on it. You got to tell her 90 days. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Got to wait. Got to wait. Got to wait. You got to wait. Let's just talk about it. Y'all want to play about it. Let's talk about it. Come on, man. Like, 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 seriously, like holiness, like people think that holiness is this weird thing. But as a believer, we're literally set apart and made holy positionally. Practically, you have it. Come on, somebody. Possibly, yes. And let me tell you something. There's nothing like knowing you're saving yourself for something greater. And when the other person can respect that, but join you on the journey, see, that, that's, that's the real world. That's supposed to be the real world. But here's the thing. We got a lot of Christians that are compromising their holiness. Why do you think God can't come into a church? Why you don't see many people being delivered and set free? Seriously. Seriously. 
There ain't no holiness in the house. And what about at your house? Amen. You know what I challenge you to do? Go home and clean up. Get them bottles and whatever paraphernalia you got and go on a holiness run and say, God, I'm going I'm to get rid of all this stuff right here and I'm going to trust you that you're going to give me this life because watch this. Let me show you something, okay? I got a minute and 20 seconds. Watch this. Check this out. That's how the devil gets in. But he's demonically got us bound. Because you let him in. You did. Okay? And so watch this. There's no bridge. Watch this. All of our unholy actions lead to emotional connections, soul ties, and spiritual defeat. So you think, oh, it's okay. It's all right, just this one time. Lastly, boy, quiet up here. <laughs> this is the kind of preaching I like to do, though. I'll be looking at y'all. I'll be like, I said, yeah, I see him, boy. Y'all be like, dang, why did I come to church today? Watch this. And then last one, he said, last thing he says, what? truth. Can I say this to you? We are emotionally exhausted and damaged because we're trying to live the truth and a lie at the same time. You're fooling yourself. You ain't living right. You ain't living holy. And you definitely, last thing is, you got to really live in truth. Straight up, man. You got to be real with yourself. You got to be honest with you. You got to be like, man, okay, all right. This is me. See, the new self has all it needs for you to become emotionally healthy. The new you. But if you keep cho choosing the old you, you're going to consistently go against everything I just said. And all you have to do is make the choice to put on the new life. Let me ask you a question. Let's say I took you to the morgue and we went downstairs where the embalmed bodies are and there were two tables and there were two dead people on them. One on each table. They were just being undressed and being prepared to, to, for draining of their blood and the embalming for the funeral and burial. One had just died there three hours ago. The other had been there for three months. In fact, the body began to decay and it began to stink. I have a simple question for you. Which one is deader of the two bodies? Yeah, which one is deader of the two bodies? That's Ebonics. Which one is deader of the two bodies? See, one can look good and be dead. The other can look like a freak 
show and be dead and yet one is not deader than the other. The definition of death is absence of life. The definition of death is not how ugly you look in the absence of life. Men without God are dead. Some look good and are dead. Some look okay and are dead. Others just look ugly and are dead. But regardless of your state of decomposition, we all are dead coming to Christ. But when you come to Christ and you put on the new life, you can live right. You can live holy. You can live according to what God wants you to live. Why? Because you have Christ. And that's the story, y'all. Many of us are trying to put on deadness and live. And you're wondering why you're so up and down on a roller coaster. Somebody say, boo, you are. The world is wrong with you, man. It's because you're putting on the old life. So today, if you're here today and you're ready for a new life, maybe you need to be saved. For real. I'm talking about for real. Because next week, I got a scripture to show you. Now, nah, week, week later. I got, I got a scripture to show you where it says, how can you who tasted the goodness of God keep going back to the old life? And so if you're here today, If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I want this new life. I've been living, but I keep repeating the same cycle over and over again. And you want me to pray for you this morning. Listen, I want to pray for you.